You're listening to True Blood, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Go, boys. Jeez, this is the most one-eyed podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's what we're here to do. Let's go. Let's uh, actually go. For mine, boys. For yours, then. I'm about to blow a gasket in here. We've kicked three goals for the day, table. What is going on? Damaging team. Damaging disposal. He's been very, very average. Our best is the best in the competition. This is True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Back in my humble abode in Wheeler's Hill. A little bit of a downgrade compared to the abodes of Madison Clark in Turak. But we are here. It is the third day has been completed of the AFL trade period. And it will be known as Sydney Swans trade day forever we have secured Brody Grundy a ruck was absolutely required with the hickey of Nazareth hanging up the boots but we've secured Grundy and we've locked away Taylor Adams as well it's uh it, it's pretty insane to think what we've done in a couple of days in this trade period starting last week securing away Joel Hamling and James Jordan as well, just securing roles. It's We've had a real... Uh, we've put our sights on some players to fill some holes in our list, and we've gone and done that. And that's what I think I'm going to talk about first, Faithful, is the list profile. You've got to build your list profile to win premierships. And we see like the likes of Collingwood, on the weekend, or oh, well, last week, there they just had that bit more experience, and we've had out on our um, on our list. And I'll bring up some stats for the faithful. Collingwood on Grand Final day had an average games played of their twenty three players of about one hundred and forty, one hundred and thirty nine games, an average age of about twenty seven compared to our finals team, which is pretty close to full strength. It was, and, you know, we're around that 25-year-old mark with 120 games played. So bringing the likes of Taylor Adams in, Brody Grundy in, that's instant impact. You know, they're both around 30. We just need a few good years, you know, as they've been talking about on, on radio and TV. We need 40 to 50 good games out of these guys. And we are building the profile that can go all the way. And we've just set our sights on what we needed to do this trade period. And it's been done in three days. It's an absolute non-ish faithful. Now, we might touch on the first player that we acquired, or the second player. But I'm going to touch on Joel Hamling first. Played in that 2016 grand final against us for the Bulldogs and then... Made his way to Frio and, you know, was there for six to seven years, played 68 games. But the, the interesting thing about Joel Hamling is he's a big lad. He's 194 centimetres, 92 kilos. Big lockdown defender. Have we not been crying out for one of them faithful? And it was interesting listening to Kinnear Beatson today talk about how they've been watching Joel Hamling a lot this year. And injuries have not been an issue this year with Joel Hamling. I think he played 19 games. 
He uh, playing for the Peel Thunder over there in the Waffle. Very strong second-tier competition over there. And they like this work up back. And I think he's just going to slot into that back line. And this is sort of where you, you've got to come up. If someone's coming in, someone's got to make way. And I think Foxy could be up against Hamling uh, for, for that position in the back line. But time will tell. We might talk about the best 18 later. We'll jump across to the first signing of the trade period. James Jordan, premiership player for the D's. Managed 65 games in four years, 17 goals, hard-running wingman. It's what we need, and it's going to replace the likes of Dylan Stevens, who we uh, lost today via trade, and it'll be best of luck to, to Dill um, and, and his family as well. They've been involved in the podcast, so best of luck to Dill, but it's good to get James Jordan in. And both James Jordan and uh, Joel Hamling came for free. Had to did not have to give up a thing, which is absolutely sensational. It's what you need to do to improve your list is to, you know, not spend too much and acquire needs. And we need midfield depth. And I think James Jordan can provide out on a wing and, and might even get a run through the guts. You never know. But it's all about adding depth, and we've done that. And, and the same with Joel Hamling. There's a need up there for a key back. And I think they're quite happy um, with acquiring Joel Hamling, and it could be a bit of a steal. I think Kinnear, Charlie Gardner, all the boys in the in the recruiting team have really gone out and looked for a key back. We're interested in Mackay. But could you imagine paying Mackay 750000 800000 a year? When we're getting Joel Hamling, he's probably going to be on, you know, three, four hundred thousand, I reckon, maybe a bit more, you know, to entice him over from the West over to Sydney. But it's it's a great get, great get, and I'm, I'm I think he's going to slot really nicely into that back line, and I think we'll have to watch a few more highlights. There's a few waffle highlights that I haven't gone through, but he could be the player t- to take the big gorilla. Uh, and it's, it's just so good to acquire both those players through a uh, free agency, which is sensational. But the first trade to go through today was Dylan Stevens, uh, which was Dylan Stevens, what we received pick 44 and a future first rounder, which was the compo pick that North Melbourne received as a part of their assistance package, which will sit at about pick 19 next year as it stands now. So in pick 44 and a first rounder, pick 19 for Dylan Stevens and pick 25. So, you know, I think we've done very well out of that trade. We've, you know, I think that sort of averages out at a, you know, second, third rounder for Dill, and we may be able to use that first pick for next year as collateral um, to, you know, work out some more picks for this year. Not too sure what their plan is going to be, but really good deal. It was a deal. It was good to see us really think about it and not take unders. There's been a little bit of talk about taking unders for Dill, but it's, it's all in good jest from North as they could have walked Dill through to the preseason draft if they wanted to be pricks about it. They really could have. So it's really good that um, we've got some good collateral um, for Dill. It's sad to see him go, 
Um, he just, you know, couldn't quite thrive in our environment. Um, and it's a pretty good footy environment. We normally turn, you know, f- players into good players, but it hasn't quite happened for Dill. But, yeah, hope he goes well at North and, and gets um, what he needs to out of his career. So best of luck to him and to Rob and the family as well for getting involved in the podcast and, you know, getting around us at social things. Um, you you guys will be missed. But, um, yeah, best of luck with Dylan, his career um, at North. And then the huge news came through that Brody Grundy has become a swan. And how exciting is that? It's pretty straightforward stuff. We get Brody Grundy and in exchange for pick 46 and a future for th- uh, future second round pick, which if we think we will go as good as we go, you know, it's going to be a pick in the late 30s. So let's say pick 35 to 40 and 46 this year go to the D's for Brody Grundy. And the interesting part, which... You know, just reading up, doing a little bit of reading, Faithful, you know, educating myself on this trade period is that the Collingwood Football Club will be paying a million dollars of Brodie Grundy's contract as per John Ralph, his info, which I personally thought it was only 250000 for this next year, 2024. But as per John Ralph... Collingwood will be paying a million dollars over four seasons. So 250000 a year for Brody Grundy, and we will be paying the remaining six fifty a year for a, a, an elite tap, tap ruckman who can get it done around the ground. He's versatile as ever. His running power is amazing. He becomes a fourth mil- midfielder in that middle, in the middle of the ground. And it's just, it's a great get. It's exactly what we needed. And I just think it's going to change the the midfield makeup completely. You know, the Hick worked so hard for us. His output was insane for what he's probably... He's a journeyman footballer. You know, he probably doesn't have the talent of a Brody Grundy. But I think with Brodes coming in, it's, it's a legit game changer. We haven't had a Ruckman like this ever, ever faithful. We've had... Some big-bodied ruckmen who throw their weight around and, you know, work within the contest. But nowhere near the ilk of Brody Grundy. So really looking forward to seeing what he can do for our midfield. Because we all know the con- the contested ball problem that we had this year. And the way we play with our ball movement and how effective we are by foot and being able to work the ball via our skillful use of the footy. That's one thing. That's a great avenue to go. But to be able to, you know, hustle and bustle within the contest and brute force our way forward, especially with the likes of Taylor Adams coming in, it's a game changer. And let's talk about that. Taylor Adams coming in really came on the scene late that this was a possibility. Listening to Kinnear tonight, it sounds like the inquiry came from his manager. We didn't go chasing him. You know, between that, uh, the, you know, prelim final and the grand final, he's obviously felt like he's been on the outer. He's been pushed out of the midfield 
that uh, Collingwood have and was playing half forward and picked up an injury late in the year, wasn't able to get up. And I think that plays a big role to why Taylor Adams left, you know, being in that leadership group, not being given every chance to get up for a grand final. I would tell you I would be filthy if I was made to do a fitness test on the Tuesday that we were playing in a grand final not giving me to to the Thursday or Friday after toiling away for 10 years at that footy club, I'd be filthy too. And, yeah, it's great that we're the beneficiaries of, you know, Taylor Adams coming to the club. Um, you know, but what the Taylor Adams trade is very simple. We gain Taylor Adams, lose pick 33 to the Pies, nice and easy, you know, a, a mid-third rounder there. Second rounder, I should say. Mid-second rounder for Taylor Adams for an absolute need that we have. A contested bull. He will go into that midfield and be able to make a difference. He's going to help Luke Parker in there. He's going to help Chad Warner. He's going to help Errol Goulden. And that could become one of the most damaging and dangerous midfield lineups in the competition faithful. Like, can you imagine? We sort of we thought about it a couple of weeks ago when the Brody news came on, you know. Chad extracting out to Grundy down to Chad extracting out out to Errol on the run. Now we're gonna have another bull in there in Taylor Adams. It's dead set gonna change how we how we can what we can do in the middle and it's so important at the SCG. And that's why I think we probably haven't seen the SCG dominance in the past few years because we've changed the way we've played. And with the the slightly shorter ground and everything like that, it's so important to gain um, meterage and be effective at contested ball and win clearance. And I think Taylor Adams can go a long way to us asserting our dominance back on the SCG. It's uh, I'm, I'm just so can't but I'm looking forward to next year so much. It's, it's hard not to get excited. It's four players who are going to come in, whether they all walk straight into the the best twenty three. I'm not too sure. We've got rid of a few. Um, you know, James Jordan is going to be a bit of a top up player at the start, I think, but we will see him at some stage next year. There's no doubt about that. And and Hamling's going to be competing for a spot. Um, in that back line, but at the same time could just walk in um, to that back six, which has performed really well last year. And I think he's just going to be able to slot in there with ramps and, you know, Lloydie directing off there. I think he's going to be able to slot into that back six really nicely and release the Lizard. The, the Lizard had to play a massive role this year, and I think the ability for him... As uh, Zane Red and White says, let the lizard slither. Let him go off half back and run and, and dice up through the middle and gain meterage. And with him not having to worry about that second or third tool now, with another key back coming in, uh, it, it's going to change. And hopefully, you know, lizard gets released and, you know, could he second in a best and fairest this year, the lizard, sensational. But having Hamling there is going to help release. Lizard as well. I've I just I loved what we've done so far in the trade period. It's it's sensational. We've gone and got our needs. We had some targets and we've gone and done it in three days. Like when 
when it's funny, it's sort of a bit of commotion, you know, when we traded pick 25 within the Dylan Stevens deal, when that went out of our armory, people were going to say, oh, how are we, you know, going to get the two deals done? There's always a way. People get creative with this stuff. And I think the the recruiting team's done a real good job. And we might just touch on, you know, what we've got left at the moment to use as collateral. Because as um, per Kenny Beaton, he's saying we're not doing going to be doing too much bar our, our picks that we've got. Um, as in not going to be chasing any more players or anything like that. So we might just touch on what picks we do have left. Which we still have 12, pick 12, 44 and 54. And we have lost our future second rounder, which will be tied to the D's now. So as per Kinnear's words, he will, I think we might try getting into that second round somehow. We might use that extra first rounder we've got next year, maybe split that into a, a second and third rounder. There's talk about a Swans Academy player um, in Cleary who we will need to match. I think our collateral now will match him up to pick 24 at the moment. I don't think he's supposed to go before then, so that will be interesting. But, yeah, it's it's a nice little wrap-up, isn't it? Faithful, you know, <laughs> 18 minutes here talking by myself. It's a little bit different not having the great Madison Clark to bounce things off. But he's, he hasn't really been into the trade periods of late. But I spoke to Mads this afternoon and he had been in a meeting from about 4 till 5 p.m. And uh, he gave me a call and he's like, well, what's bloody happened here? You know, he's walked out, his phone's blown up. We've landed Grundy. We've landed Adams. We've got the two free agents as well. And... It's just sensational. It's so exciting. I think in the premiership betting, Faithful, we've come in from $13 into $8. Always gamble responsibly, Gowie. Make sure you're gambling responsible. But I think that there's a few of the Faithful who have jumped on and bought that the odds in. And uh, we're definitely there to compete next year. We're in the window. It was interesting listening to uh, Sam McClure on the Tradies podcast, which is a good listen um, for to educate yourself on what's going on in, in the trade period. But he sort of came from the angle of where sort of chips in while Horse is sort of in the back end of his tenure, which I just don't agree with. I go back to what I touched on at the start of the podcast. It's all about the list profile and getting enough players in those games played. You know, you need so many players in that 50 to 200 range and you need your experience out there and all that type of stuff. So I disagree that we're just, you know, throwing, you know, everything at it. No, we're throwing everything at it right, but we're not selling you know, everything to try get those players. We're picking up role players and we're picking up a player of like Brody Grundy and Taylor Adams. If you know second and third rounders at the end of the day, it's it's a great gets. We're not selling the farm to get these players and it's it's putting that list profile in the right bracket. And yeah, it's exciting times down at the Bloods. Now, I chucked a little question up on the True Bloods Instagram with any questions that the Faithful's got. And 
it's it's interesting to see what people were coming on um, with. It was earlier in the day when uh, the trades hadn't gone through. So I'm going to scroll up a bit. And Joel Look Chinese, who is a constant contributor on the potty, saying, did we pay too much for Dylan Stevens? And, and, or, or did, you know, North get a really good deal? And as I sort of touched on at the start, if North wanted to be pricks, they could have walked him through to the preseason draft and we got nothing for him. But they gave us some collateral to use. Um, we, we move up in the draft six spots next year, turn that second rounder into a, a first rounder. Um, and it, it's a really good trade for mine. I think it's a W. I think we're coming, you know, out of today, three trades for three wins in my opinion. And, you know, it's probably a little bit biased. But, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Sam Maley goes with, is Logan McDonald on the move to the Dockers next year? It's going to be an interesting point, and Mads and I had a bit of a conversation about it this year. Um, sorry, about it this afternoon. And it's funny. You, if What if we told the faithful that Logan McDonald was on $1 million to $1.2 million a year? How would you feel about that? Now we love Logan, right? We absolutely love him, and, and he's been in and out of the side a little bit, and he's had a few injuries and stuff like that. But, you know, he's three or four years in, and would you be happy paying one to $1.2 million a year for Logan McDonald? I don't know about that. Is his output worth a $1 million to $1.2 million player? I don't know. These are questions that will be answered next year. Do you sell the farm to keep Logan McDonald? I don't know. I can't answer that question. It will play itself out next year, and it does look like Frio are going to be making a bit of a play for him. But yeah, we'll keep our powder dry on that one. It, it's it's an interesting discussion. Um, James Healy goes with, please explain the Grundy trade pros and cons. I'm not convinced, but happy to be he's not convinced on Grundy well it's pretty straightforward stuff mate it's we need a ruckman like if Brody Grundy wasn't coming in who would we be playing in ruck you got Peter Laddams you've got stretch back in the twos you know we simply needed a ruckman to come in and impact we've given up pick 46 this year and our second rounder next year it's which if we think will go as well as we will, that's going to be around pick 38. So you're giving up pick 38 and 46 for Grundy. You're not selling the farm, James. So I'm very, very comfortable with it. Very comfortable with it. And Joe Foster goes with did the pies weasel out of paying Grundy's money um, in the deal with Adams. Absolutely not, Joe. It will, uh, Collingwood will be paying $1 million dollars of Brody Grundy's contract, 250k a year. That is what I understand. Um, I hope I'm correct in that one. It will be um, that really helps out with the contract. And Taylor Adams is supposedly on the around the same mark, 650k for three years. So it's not huge salaries. I, I talk about it a little bit. The total player payments is what you need um, to take into consideration. It's going up every year. And sort of when people 
the average salary I think was around four hundred thousand, a little bit more. But it's going to be getting up to sort of four, five, six hundred thousand is going to become the average. So you have to move with the times, and that six hundred and fifty thousand is what the average player is going to be paid. So you're not, it's not huge money. Now I've got one here from Eve three double oh one, who says try name our best twenty two live on air. And look, there's been some discussion about it, and we've been sort of updating it in our in our True Buds chat on the Facebook, because we are on your Facebooks, we are on your Instagrams. So I think the back line lines up, and th- this isn't much prep, this is sort of using a bit of a guide and, you know, just to remember everyone who's there. I think Rampy, Hamling and Lloyd start in that back line. Very happy with that. Uh, we, we've got Blakey, McCartan, and you might see uh, someone like Florent, on that half-back line, I think. We're going to have Campbell, Taylor Adams, Errol Goulden on the wing. I think we're going to be seeing Luke Parker playing a lot more forward time. Logan McDonald at half for centre forward. Heaney playing as a forward. He's an all-Australian forward. We know that's what he's good at. Then we've got Papley up forward. Armadi full forward and Sammy Wicks. Playing up forward too. It'd be I'm not too sure what's going on with Wixie's profile. It's a profile contract, I should say. Uh, I'm sure he's got one in front of him. It'll be hopefully signed sooner. And he's still on the rookie, on a rookie contract, which is what I saw. So we might actually, possibly, if we get some picks, might take him um, in the draft or elevate um, him onto the senior list. He deserves it for sure. Grundy as the ruckman. How good's that? We've got Warner, and uh, who else are we going to be putting on the ball there? Um, probably Sheldrick is getting to go in there. You've got Rowie as well, Cunningham, McLean, McInerney, and then also, you know, Callum, Callum Mills when he's fully fit. And I'm sure you can pull apart that team. Um, you know, that there's, I don't think I talked about Will Haywood um, lining up. Uh James Jordan, Malikan, um, th- these are the guys who can roll through there. We might um, it's good discussion. The best, best twenty-two. Um, I might touch on the Callum Mills thing. Mads went to go for it about four times last week, and then did not speak about it. So there's a bit of a whack for Mads. <laughs> he was leaving it and then forgot about it. But yeah, the Millsy thing, the wrestle. With uh, old C- Constanti, I think. Uh, look, it's not ideal. You don't want this to be happening in an off-season. You know, it's a freak incident, though. It's I don't know if many of the faithful have been at footy clubs and Mad Mondays and when you're having a few beers with your mates and having a bit of a wrestle. It's it's so innocuous. It's It's so unlucky. But it's an accident at the end of the day. And some of the crap that you see... It's a, they just hang people out to dry. Um, I, I don't agree with it. You can be disappointed, but when you make a mistake, do you want to be hung out for all your mistakes? You've got to be given a given a chance to right your wrongs. And I'm sure Callum will, you know, I felt so sorry for Millsy coming out and doing that press conference. Like, geez, he looked like he'd been through the absolute ringer, didn't he? 
and he's so disappointed in himself and he'll come back he's one of the most professional hard-working individuals at our club and I'm sure everyone's taken note of an incident like this and I don't think it'll be happening again so get behind Millsy put your support behind him and we'll be seeing him in 2024 there's no doubt he might mm-hmm. miss the first couple of rounds I think but he'll be doing everything that he can to get up so best of luck to Millsy and his rehab and you know hopefully we stay really healthy across the off season it's it's really important to keep a healthy list and we saw at the start of this year having all those injuries up forward you know it took its toll so early in the season and we just battled really battled so keep the list healthy on this off season um i think mads and i will be doing a bit of a list wrap up um there's a bit of talk about filling list spots and that type of thing um we, we might touch on the delistings it's a cutthroat industry as we all know and Ryan Clark makes his way off the list. It's uh, probably one of the interesting ones on there, but the writing was on the wall this year. His role changed for whatever reason. He wasn't given that tagging role on that half-back line, and he sort of didn't live up to expectation when he did get an opportunity as a sub. Um, And, yeah, just not played to his strengths and makes his way off the list, unfortunately. A solid contributor, really big player for us in that 2022 season making a grand final but yeah best of luck to Clarkie I think we might even see him on a rookie list for a little bit of depth at some stage um, Will Gould has been delisted riding was on the wall with that one as well once we saw him at the level one of the most you know the biggest names at our club for not playing a game you know notched up the four or five games this year I think he was just found out at the level and there was a clear reason to why he hadn't played much footy this year in his career so far. I don't think he was quick enough to be able to play um, a a half-back role, which is interesting listening to the SEN um, SA interview with him. He was drafted as a a distributor off half-back, not a key position player. And he clearly wasn't that, but... I don't think he had the versatility or quickness to be able to play on that halfback line. Great skills. Um, play, showed a lot at VFL level. Good at VFL level. Couldn't do it at AFL level and probably didn't really get the shot at AFL level either. But I think the writing was on the wall there. And yeah, hopefully Gouldy gets a, um, finds another home or makes another tilt to get on an AFL list. Um, best of luck to him. Hugo Hall, Kahan who was taken with the mid-season pick last year, I believe. Um, 18 months on the list, not able to crack in. Showed a bit of VFL level, bit of a goal sneak, but, yeah, unable to crack in. Cameron Owen, um, developing forward, didn't get a shot at it. Obviously didn't show enough. Lockie Rankin, one of the more interesting ones, was sort of held to a high regard amongst um, Swanee's fans who get around the VFL and that type of thing, but... I, the parts I saw, um, I don't think he was able to execute at VFL level enough. He turned the ball over a little bit too often, trying to be creative off that half-back line, looking for that 45 through the corridor. Yeah, In the games I watched, which was a decent amount this year, I reckon I would have watched 10 to 12 VFL games in, in their entirety, and especially um, 
getting to, you know, three or four games live as well. You pick up some things and, you know, I picked up the same things with Dylan Stevens. He was able to find the ball in the contest, have 30 plus, but I don't think the decision making nor execution was there as a pure midfielder. I think that played a big role to him, um, not playing consistent AFL footy. And Mark Sheever makes his way off the list as well, who we did see for a game when we were, our, our forward stocks were absolutely demolished. We had no one to play, and, you know, Mark Sheever played a couple of games. Um, had got a bad foot injury and navicular bone, I think it may have been in his foot. Um so best of luck with his recovery and not too sure what will happen there either. Might get a, a rookie spot, but there are our D listings. Um, we're definitely going to have a few list spots open. Sort of few people asking around, what are we going to do with, you know, the rest of the list spots? We've still got three draft picks. You know, I think it was 12, 44 and 54 from memory. So there's potentially three players that come onto the list. You've got the rookie draft. We'll have two or three selections in that, quite possibly. And, you know, never know. A delisted free agent who doesn't get picked up in this trade period, you know, looking for a fresh start, may make their way to the Swans. So I wouldn't be too concerned about filling those list spots. It, it won't be uh, too much of a concern at all. But what a day for the Swannies. Absolutely sensational. It's uh, it's the best trade period I can think of in a long time. And to just fulfill our needs, um, the more you read into the Joel Hamling thing, the more it makes sense to be, you know, being 194, you know, 96 kilos, being able to play on the big gorilla. I think we've got a steal there. And I'd much rather be, you know, Joel Hamling for a few years than paying... Ben Mackay, 800000 a year for sure. Brody Grundy finds his way to the Swannies. Ruck, ruck, ruck. A ruckman, pure tap ruckman, going to help that centre clearance so much. Our contested ball around the ground so much. Completely changes the makeup of our midfield mix. James Jordan for some midfield depth, hard worker, hard runner. Going to be great for us. And Taylor Adams finds his way to the Bloods. Contested beast. Leadership. What a get. Cheeky second rounder. Thanks for coming. Welcome, Taylor. How good, Faithful. I hope you've enjoyed this little uh, little bit of a trade wrap-up. I've probably waffled on. I probably haven't made a lot of sense. And take it with a pinch of salt. I'm no trade expert, but I hope I've done my best to explain a few things to you. Um, if you've got any questions, hit up the DMs. We're always checking them. And stick fat with our bloods. It's uh, it's exciting times, but this has been True Bloods. The number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. We're number one in your hearts, and we're number one on the charts. Speaking words of wisdom... Up the party.